Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Good, Bad, Better Show, a show in which I, Drew Allen, talk about something that I've experienced recently in pop culture and talk about what's good about it, what's bad about it, and what could be better. I'm really trying to keep these episodes to 30 minutes or less, so I'm going to go ahead and set myself a timer uh, to make sure that I come at least close to doing that. So especially, I'm very excited about this episode. I've got uh, two movies. It's a double feature, which you have probably already heard of. This is the Barbenheimer episode where uh, I talk about both of those movies. Uh, to be clear, I did not do the double feature myself, um, but I did see both of those movies recently. I saw Oppenheimer on Friday night, and I just got home a little bit ago from seeing Barbie. And um, I have a lot of thoughts, <laughs> as you can imagine. So uh, mm, let's do a quick, I'll do a quick little recap, which will be the spoiler-free version, the spoiler-free section of the podcast. And then you're going to have to, you're going to have to hop out um, because, um, yeah, you, you're going to get spoiled for these movies. I'm not going to... I guess maybe, um, yeah, how about this? I'm going to go ahead and talk about one completely, uh, and then I will skip to the other one, and I'll try to keep it around 15 minutes each, so that if you, if maybe you've seen one of the movies that I cover second, you can skip ahead, um, and then you still won't get spoiled for the movie you haven't seen yet. Does that sound good? Does that sound okay? Are we good? Are we cool with that plan? Can't hear you arguing with that plan, so we're just going to go with it. Um, Let's do it in the order that I saw them in, which was Oppenheimer first. So this was a surprisingly heavy movie. And I know, I know that like, okay, well, isn't it a movie about the guy who made the atomic bomb? And isn't it a Christopher Nolan movie? And the answer to both of those questions is yes. And you would think that they would be like, well, yeah, then of course it's going to be a heavy film. And I guess you could say that, but really it comes down to like Christopher Nolan usually manages to make his movies. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Like the storytelling and the spectacle all play like a really big role in the film almost overshadowing the emotional themes. Uh, although I'm, I'm not here to say that he's doing films poorly because uh, he's definitely got some very, very big hits that were just absolutely fantastic films to his credit. So I'm not trying to say, you know, that, but something about the way this film was promoted and the way that they were really talking about the IMAX, like this, this one really deserves IMAX. Um, it, it, the film was heavier than what it seemed like from the trailers, at least from what I got from the promotion of the film. Um, having said that, it was fantastic. A very impactful film. Um, absolutely worth seeing. And uh, I, I will stand by the fact that this is a movie that absolutely benefits from being seen in theaters. Highly recommend you see it in theaters. 
I think the transition to streaming for this movie will be poor. Uh, obviously, it's a great film, so I'm not saying you can't enjoy it if you're watching it at home in your living room. I just mean a lot of the impact of the film will be missed, um, almost from an even from an audio perspective. I don't know, you know, it kind of depends on who you are. Myself, I'm an kind of, I would consider myself a self-proclaimed um, <laughs> redundant uh, audiophile. So I have a Sonos arc and I have the surrounds and the sub, all the Sonos system. So a movie can be pretty, you know, um, impactful to the ears as well as the TV that I watch it on. Um, so that helps. But then there are people that I know that they just have the TV and it's on the wall and whatever the TV is putting out, that's what they're getting. And they would be definitely missing some stuff uh, in how uh, Oppenheimer was made uh, and how it was meant to be experienced. I'm not trying to go Scorsese on you and tell you you can't watch it on your phone. You're more than welcome to. <laughs> Anyways, I'm wasting precious time here talking about this. Definitely go see the movie. Um, it's like I said, it's absolutely one that I would recommend seeing in theaters. And, um, I learned that it's, it's exactly three hours long. And the reason is because that is the maximum allowable length on the actual IMAX, uh, 70 millimeter film. I believe it's 70 millimeter. I'm sorry if I get that wrong, but that's the maximum length that you can shoot. And so that's exactly what it is. And I think the movie benefits from that because hitting that limit leads me to believe that it could have been another half hour long. And I think the movie would have suffered because of that. So three hours is good. It does not feel like a three hour film. I didn't even notice. And guys, I didn't even get popcorn or a drink. I had just finished dinner right across the street from the theater. I was feeling kind of full. And I ended up just sitting in the theater and just never getting up again to get snacks or drinks or anything. And I didn't even notice that if you know me, that's saying something to, uh, to speak of the attention, um, the ability of the film to hold my attention. Um, so that's going to do it for the spoiler free talk for Oppenheimer. So you're probably going to want to skip to, you know, skip ahead another several minutes and um, until you start hearing me talk about Barbie. And then, you know, if you've seen Barbie, you can listen to that or just listen to the spoiler-free part of that. But yeah, so let's talk spoilers for Oppenheimer. Uh, and, and really, it's not even just going to be spoilers. I just want to put that out there from this point because there probably will be spoilers. But I just don't want to have to think about whether or not I'm, you know, actually saying things that you wouldn't want to know yet in seeing the film. Um, the, it's so hard to nitpick this film. I would find it difficult. Um, I think, uh, the cast is tremendous. I mean, granted it's a, um, sort of, it's a prestige kind of, uh, Christopher Nolan epic film. And so they, you know, there's no shortage of just fantastic talent, um, on the film, I mean, it's goodness gracious. You're talking, obviously, 
You've got Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy. I'm terrible at that. But, you know, your big stars, you've got Emily Blunt, you've got Matt Damon, you've got Robert Downey Jr. Um, but then you also have um, other guys that you don't necessarily um, think about, um, which, uh, gosh, this is a terrible listing of the cast here, IMDb. I can't wait till I get to um, use call sheet for all this. But... Um, Florence Pugh, uh, obviously doing a great job. Um, you've got Jack Quaid, you've got Josh Peck, um, goodness gracious, uh, what is it? Uh, Matthew Modine, Rami Malek, Casey Affleck. Uh, there's just so, it's, it's just hard, uh, 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 Josh Hartnett. There's just so many names where you're just like, oh, it's him. Every few scenes, you're like, oh, it's that guy. Uh, I honestly don't even remember who this actor's name is currently, but he plays the president on Scandal season one. Um, And um, that's the only season of Scandal I've seen. But he plays a role in it as well. Uh, There's just just so many wonderful... um, wonderful actors in the film oh uh, I, I honestly don't even know this person's name but she was juno's friend in juno and um they have a conversation a couple of conversations at the beginning of juno and i saw that movie way too many times and i <laughs> it took me until after the film i had to look it up but she is you know obviously she's grown up since then but she is in this movie and does a great job. So there's just, there's just, the cast is wonderful. Um, the storytelling is fantastic. It actually kind of reminded me a lot of Memento, which is, um, I think it's like the second film Christopher Nolan put out. Um, and in terms of the way the storytelling is in pieces and some of it's in color and some of it's in black and white, and that kind of represents the future and the past. Um, and it's, it's a very interesting way to kind of let the story unfold and you're learning things and hearing people talk. And, and it has a lot to do with also the, the perspective, whether or not you're seeing things from Oppenheimer's perspective or just kind of seeing, um, the story that was happening to other people at the same time that he wasn't necessarily first person aware of. Um, of course that was also very, very cool. Um, I mean, the scope of the film and the the special effects being largely practical. Uh, I didn't actually see anything. I mean, there's a couple of very specific scenes. I mean, again, spoilers for all of this, but, you know, there's like a couple of scenes of the globe being like overtaken with fire and, and sort of lava and destruction. And of course, some of that is... is um, you know, CG, but, but a lot of it, so much of it was practical and it was done so well. I loved the way the audio was edited in terms of the explosion. And, um, you know, you see it first and then they, he uses sound so effectively to kind of like illustrate the sheer force of impact, um, that an explosion like that will cause. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was, and the, and the sound, really, that's what I'm saying, the sound editing was so good 
uh, it kind of played its own role in in the film and, and the way it kind of paints the impact for all these things. It was incredibly well done. Uh, but really, and, and the cool part of it is, you know, the thematic elements end up kind of outweighing the whole idea. I mean, it's not just a movie about them making this bomb. It is, but it tells, it's such more, it's, it kind of, it's on the deeper level of all the implications. It's not just a historical fiction about this guy who makes this bomb. Theoretically it is, but that's just the surface level. And it gets into all the details, the, the regret, uh, involved the, the implications that creating such a power has on both the world and, and the future. And it, it does such a good job. I mean, the bomb explodes and there's like 45 minutes of movie left. And so you're like, okay, well, that already happened. So what now, you know? And, but goodness gracious, it was just so well done. I, I honestly would love to see a breakdown of like what what was i, I want to see the pop-up video uh, version which side note if you don't know what pop-up video is go google it it's it was a fantastic uh, format for music videos on vh1 where little bits of trivia would kind of pop on the screen during the music video that explains how they got a certain shot or the interesting trivia about the person that's in the music video and it was very, very good. It kind of elevated the art form, in my opinion. And I think that they should have those instead of or in addition to uh, audio commentaries that you can just throw an audio commentary onto uh, a DVD or into um, you know the special features of a digital um, copy like on uh, Apple TV. I think they should really do a pop-up video style thing. That's kind of an aside. But I would love to see kind of almost like a fact check, like, yes, this really happened. No, this didn't quite happen like this. Or, you know, I understand with historical fiction, sometimes a couple of different characters can be combined um, for the sake of simplifying the story and all this kind of stuff. And, and really dealing with the kind of thing that happened after um, the bomb and the bombs were dropped and everything, I would really love to see a breakdown of what... Um, what was true, what was not true, how close were things, you know, how accurate is this story and this depiction uh, of this very impactful figure on our society, which is crazy to think about that Oppenheimer is not a name you automatically think of when you name, like, who are the biggest influences on life as we know it today. His name is usually not thrown around immediately, but maybe it should be, and I think this movie does a good job of kind of illustrating that without it doesn't, it doesn't make him a hero. Uh, but it also doesn't make him just a grand supervillain of history either. Um, and so, yeah, phenomenal film, super enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd see it again anytime soon. It's one of those, I would put it in the saving private Ryan vibe, maybe, uh, Schindler's list for some, um, it's not quite as like just all out sorrowful and, you know, as, as Schindler's List necessarily, but, but it definitely kind of is like a heavy movie that sits with you in terms of its implication. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to jump over to Barbie, which I just saw. 
So I'm going to say Barbie a few times in a row. Barbie, 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 so that if someone is trying to skip ahead in their podcast player, they know that now they can stop skipping. They've skipped all of the Oppenheimer spoilers, and now they can just focus on Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. Um, I, I was not prepared for this film. <laughs> First and foremost, if you're asking my opinion, I think Barbie is better than Oppenheimer, and I think you should absolutely see it. It's it's a fantastic film that's really well told and really well made and really well acted. Um, I don't want to throw too much out um, bef- without you know before we get into spoilers, but I do have to say, you know, I mean, when you think of, when I say it's better than Oppenheimer, what do I mean by that? I think that there's a few things you want a movie to do. When you sit down to a movie, what do you want it to do to you, right? Like, I, for me, it comes down usually to four things. Um, I, want a la- I want the movie to make me laugh. I want it to make me cry. I want it to make me think. And I want it to make me feel. And Oppenheimer definitely did the last two of those things. Uh, Oppenheimer made me think and Oppenheimer made me feel phenomenal job at those things. But Barbie managed to, to hit a home run. Okay. I did all four of those things. I, I felt, I, I definitely made me think, um, it made me laugh a lot and it made me cry like twice. You know, we'll get into that in the spoilers, but it's, it is an emotionally impactful movement. Ugh, sorry. It is an emotionally impactful movie if you let it be. Um, and goodness gracious, just worth seeing. Like, uh, I was not, and again, my expectations were pretty low. I mean, I knew that it won the box office and I knew that it was kind of well-reviewed by some people online, but in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, but it's a Barbie movie. <laughs> and I think that it just as a dude, you know, my perspective coming in was just like, well, yeah, but, you know, it's a Barbie movie. Uh, maybe Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie will be funny and I'll find that interesting. Or, I, you know, I had no idea what to expect, but I was not expecting the tour de force uh, that Greta Gerwig gave gave us really um wow um again i really don't know where to begin before we get into spoiler territory um you know and i guess yeah man okay i'm just gonna say we're just gonna dive into spoiler territory because the first thing i have to talk about is the cast and i that could be spoilers for some people so if you haven't seen barbie yet what are you even doing with your life? Um, and you should definitely go see it and then come back and listen to this podcast and let me know um, what you thought. And, um, but yeah, so in the spoiler territory now, the cast was just, I mean, very, very good. Uh, they're, they're just, it's an all, it's another very different looking but another all-star cast. Ooh, shoot. Okay, so 
I forgot to say this. I forgot to say this about uh, Oppenheimer. So skip ahead a little bit if you are trying to avoid Oppenheimer spoilers. <laughs> I should not have done this double feature thing. <laughs> Anyways, um, so one of the only knocks that I can find about Oppenheimer is that it, and, and it's a minor thing, but it is something worth mentioning, is that it, it, it definitely fails the Bechtel test. And for those who don't know, uh, I need a name like Tracy um, for my Smartless fans. I need a name like Tracy to be like, for, for Tracy, um, uh, the Bechtel test is basically, uh, it's just named after the person who came up with this idea. Um, it is kind of a test of women characters in, in film. And the test is, does a movie have a conversation between two women that is not about a man? <laughs> like, it's not about one of their relationships. Um, it's like, is there any, literally any conversation between two women characters in the film? And that conversation is not directly about a relationship that one of them has with a man. Uh, and it is uh, surprising and disappointing how many movies absolutely fail uh, that test. And uh, even now, in 2023, an amazing, important film can be made, such as Oppenheimer, that definitely fails that test. Um, you know, and I think if you're dealing with, uh, I think the subject matter being kind of like top military brass and, and science in that field, like scientists being specifically used for the military, I think that it lends itself to a certain... Um, you know, it lends itself to the the male gender uh, in terms of its overrepresentation, as was society at that point. Um, but still, it fails the Bechdel test for sure. In uh, this movie, is what I was going to say. The contrast is like it's almost the opposite. <laughs> and I would be curious to know whatever the reverse Bechdel test is. Was there a conversation between two male characters that did not have to do with a female character? <laughs> um, and I think it passed. I, th I think it passes that test, but um, but it definitely is a female-led cast, as you would expect from a movie called Barbie about Barbie. Uh, Margot Robbie is a, does a phenomenal job. You do have Ryan Gosling coming in as the sort of the main Ken of the film, although there are several others. Um, but you've got you know you've got Issa Rae, you've got Kate McKinnon, and when I say she was like so perfect uh, for the role that she was given in this film. Again, spoilers all the way through. Uh, she plays weird Barbie, <laughs> which, oh my gosh, it's basically the Barbie that you play with when you get out of the normal Barbie stuff and now you want to shave Barbie's head and paint on Barbie's face with markers and and actual paints and Barbie wears weird clothes and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's fantastic. Kate McKinnon is so perfect for the role. Uh, but you've also got Alexandra ship and you've got, I mean, I don't even recognize all these names. They're like faces. I recognize that I don't recognize the names of, um, I particularly appreciated <laughs> the cameo of, uh, John Cena, uh, which again, I think it's so funny. He was in the movie for all of maybe 15 total seconds <laughs> split up across like 
two or three shots. Um, but he just popped in, nailed it, and done. And I thought that was uh, really great. Um, let's see, what else? Um, the thing that I really loved about Barbie was the story. You know, I think uh, some people, uh, in fact, there was one of my fellow podcasters was commenting that his expectation going in was almost more Lego movie. Like it's a child's intellectual, it's like a toy intellectual property. And they managed to, you know, Lego movie managed to make a movie that a child, like an actual child would enjoy watching through the storyline, but also spoke really strongly and a lot of nostalgia points and sort of family points to the adults who are watching. It's enough for them to enjoy it. Um, and this movie is not at all trying to do that. Um, I don't like I I I want Charlie to you know grow up strong and independent, and I want her to be uh, whatever she wants to be, and I want to support her in that. But I would not take her to this movie, you know, at six years old. Um, I you know like it would be a while before I would let her see this film. Um, we've barely got her watching through Super Mario Brothers movie without feeling like she's scared. So. Uh, <laughs> we've got some ground to cover cinematically. And I know that that's probably more of a priority for me than her, but I'll leave that alone. Um, but, but the story of this movie is surprisingly adult in nature, just in terms of um, society and the, uh, the role, uh, the gender, the, I guess what you used to say, normal gender roles in society and what they have been, what they can be. I loved (laughs) from the very opening monologue, um, Barbie's (laughs) Barbie being like, or I guess the Helen Mirren as the narrator, um, just being like, and, and so thanks to Barbie, everything was perfect and there were no problems. (laughs) It's like, at least in Barbie land, that may be true. Um, and, uh, but yeah, this this concept of the the real dichotomy and sort of like, well, you know, for being from back in the whenever Barbie was created, um, it was it was kind of bold to have like Barbie doing being a scientist and being a doctor and um, being an astronaut and going after all these you know these very career oriented you know life choices. Um, and so that was great. It was like a, it's kind of like, um, you know, feminist in a way, right? Like you can just, these are, these are options for you. You go for it. These are, you know, these are the dreams you can dream and chase and do and be. And like, I love that it's empowering. Um, but at the same time, kind of the, the whole, you know, which became like a joke of just like, if you were to create a human, um, with the same measurements and dimensions of Barbie, uh, they would be a strange, uh, gaudy caricature that looked like it was born from, you know, the, the most over-sexualized male ego, so to speak. These ridiculously long legs, these giant hips, this tiny waist, these enormous boobs. And just like, it's just, it's weird. It's, it, it, and so there's this ridiculous, you know, beauty perfection standards that are creating Um, but, and so there's that dichotomy of like, is Barbie good for women or is it bad for women? 
And really the answer is uh, sort of both, Um, you know, and just, I really love the way the movie played with all of that. Um, And there's a lot of talk about it being like, oh, well, it's just crazy political agendas. And it's like, dude, just look at the scoreboard. Uh, Most everything they said in that film, actually, I mean, I, I'm not going to comb through it minute by minute. Uh, I'm not Ben Shapiro. Um, but I just think, um, there's, there's, you, it's still, it's, it's such a powerful message and there's so many things in there that are basically true in our society. I mean, um, you know, this world is not, this world is definitely skewed. Like if you look at the CEOs and you look at presidents and you look at all these things, it's like, yes men still hold a lot of power in society, you know, like, um, and so it's not, I think the movie kind of speaks to that from the standpoint of it being a story about Barbie and a story about her trying to have a career and do her thing and all this kind of stuff. And really just what really got to me though. And this kind of leads in like the, the things that I cried, the things that I cried about, I cried twice in this film, uh, or at least, you know, I got misty eyed, had a little tear running down the old cheek, um, were, uh, and this again, spoilers, uh, the, the, when you realize that, cause in, in the universe, there's like, you know, your the Barbie is impacted by the psyche of the child playing with the Barbie. Um, it's not as direct of a connection as like the, like the Lego movie, uh, or like toy story for instance, but that's still impacted. And so, um, but, but you see this, like this sort of teenage girl who's like shunning her Barbie toys. And she's kind of going through kind of a, what appears to be kind of like a dark and angry phase. That's not uncommon for teenagers. Um, But later you realize that it was actually the mom uh, who was playing with the Barbies uh, to a degree. And that was what was creating this strange world is because there were these very real thoughts and fears um, on mortality and life and the futility of like trying to forge your path in the world and all this kind of thing. Um, these, these feelings were, were plaguing the mom, which is why they were appearing in the Barbie. Um, and, but when you, my timer's up. Okay. I'm going to give myself, uh, cancel the timer, cancel the timer, stop the timer. Thanks so much making that more difficult than it needs to be. Uh, there was this, um, uh, there's the, see, I've lost my whole train of thought because of that. But basically, uh, there's a scene where the realization um, that it's the mom and you see these little s- vignettes of the mom, the distance between the teenager and the mom. And you see them the first time and it's, you see it from the, as the teenager's, focus. Um, but then seeing it again from the mom's focus and seeing the kind of the hurt and the pain of a parent that is losing touch with their child. That's kind of feeling disconnected from their child as the child gets older. Boy, that hit me real hard. Um, especially as a father of daughters, I mean, I'm not a mom, so it wasn't exact, but I still felt that pain. Like, it is a strange feeling to know that these little girls that adore me will, you know, there will be a time 
probably a decade from now, that they will roll their eyes at me more than they run to give me a hug, you know? And that's a strange and very, very sad feeling. And it kind of just, boom, I was not expecting that. Um, So that was one thing. And then secondly, um, the song at the end, um, Billie Eilish, uh, Billie Eilish wrote a tune, presumably for the movie. Um, And... It's, let's see, what is it called? It is called What Was I Made For? And, oh man, it's, it's, it's an impactful song and it came in an impactful moment when this main character, the main Barbie of the movie, is kind of trying to figure out, like, I can be anything, but, you know, she's, so just, to, you know, she's basically, she's like the stereotypical Barbie, so she's not the Barbie that has has been designated with a purpose. She's not Barbie president. She's not Dr. Barbie. She's not teacher Barbie. She's not astronaut Barbie. She's just Barbie. And so there's this whole like, well, what are you meant for, right? And the way they had that, tied that into the end of the film and the way that they had the Billie Eilish song on, on top of that was just, oof. Um, for those who know what surge is um, besides a soft drink. It's an old um, church thing that I was a part of, and, and the, it, it dealt a lot with you know your purpose and your mission and all that kind of stuff in life. And this was giving a lot of those kind of vibes, but in a more mature, emotionally impactful sort of way. Um, <laughs> but um, man, what a freaking... What a freaking powerhouse of a movie. Like, I just wasn't expecting a movie to make me laugh that much and be goofy and silly. Um, oh, Michael Sarah Didn't even mention him. Uh, fantastic portrayal. <laughs> he is of an Allen. Um, and, uh, but I was not expecting to laugh that hard and then get hit with such emotionally impactful moments that literally brought tears to my eyes. And, and then also just kind of like think, be, be confronted with kind of the, the issues, the gender issues in society now, um, you know, and how there's, it's the, the, it's still not great. There's still a lot of, a lot of issues to work through and I'm not going to dive in that direction. Um, but you should know that they're there, um, and I think this movie does a good job of, of showing that um, the the standards that are a lot of times just it's not it's not great. Some of the some of the strange tightrope walks um, that women have to have in society, um, you know, we, you know, I think that things are getting better, but there's still a long ways to go. And um, I was very surprised that a movie about an entirely unrealistically shaped female doll um, that, you know, has been around forever. I was not expecting the movie to do such a nuanced and emotional take on all of that. Um, But it did a freaking great job. Also, another film that what I really want is a pop-up video version that actually tells me, like, yes, this was a real Barbie thing you could get, or this actor was also this or this person is actually a historical character that you didn't know about um so you know 
the movie, I, I look forward to finding out more of that stuff now. I was going to do a deep, deep YouTube dive on all this stuff. Um, but then I thought, you know what? I'm actually going to record a podcast. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so we, we did it. Uh, I'm a little over time, but uh, Barbenheimer um, has happened. And really, what I really want to know is what are your thoughts? Um, so please feel free. Uh, you can find you can find me you can find the show on Instagram at Good Bad Better Show. Please give us a follow there if you could. That would be amazing. And um, and let me know. You can uh, comment on the posts uh, there about Barbenheimer, and you can also um, you know just shoot me a DM on that Instagram account uh, with your thoughts and your feedback. You know, am I crazy for the takes that I've given here today? Um, please let me know, and I can, I'm happy to throw that feedback in the next episode before I cover whatever's coming next. And really, beyond that, if you're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of typing. I don't feel like typing. You know what? I don't blame you. Uh, so you could always just call and leave me a voicemail. It's 352-340-3038. 352-340-3038. And leave me a voicemail. Tell me what you think um, about Oppenheimer or Barbie. Which one would be better as a Muppet movie uh, and why? Um, that's the question. Um, <laughs> no, really, I'd just love to hear your thoughts if you've seen the films. And um, what are your hot takes, your cold takes? Um, let me know and we'll talk about it on the next episode in the follow-up. So I will, uh, be, co- I don't know what I'm covering next. I have no idea. I've been doing this catching up thing from the last episode is just literally catching up on stuff. So, uh, if you get a chance, uh, give that a listen on the follow and a subscribe. Appreciate it. I love getting to do this. Uh, and I will see you all in the next one. Peace. Peace.